This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Welcome back to another episode of Reclaiming Families. We are excited that you're back here with us. And we just want to remind you before we get started that we've got our website, reclaimingfamilies.org, as well as some social media, Instagram and Facebook accounts. And that's the place where you can find updates on what's going on. And uh, there's also some great resources on our website. And so we just uh, encourage you to check them out. Yeah. Um, you can rate and review this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love if you would do that. But today, we are really excited about the episode we have. Um, today, we are talking about sex. That's right. That's right. And we're talking about sex in kind of maybe a new light for some. It's sex as an act of worship. And we have a very special guest. We have Emily King with us. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She um, works here in Knoxville, um, owns her own practice, Long Meadow Counseling. So after listening to this, if you're like, whew, I need some counseling in this area, then you can check out Emily and maybe get some counseling from her. But Emily um, graduated from, I believe it's Richmond in mm-hmm. Atlanta from the Sexual Wholeness Program. Um, and so, yeah, Emily, welcome to Reclaiming Families. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And I just have to say, I love the title Reclaiming Families. Yeah. I think it's just wonderful. Yeah, that's what, I mean, there's so much, you know, coming and trying to attack the family (laughs) that we just, we want to reclaim God's design for family. So, yes, that's wonderful. It's our hearts for sure. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, like you said, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I, um, I've been seeing clients since... Um, I started my internship in 2012, um, graduated from school in 2013, um, got my license in 2017, I think it was. Um, so I was at, um, a a larger practice in Knoxville, um, all the way through grad school. I started there, um, I guess in 20, uh, 2009, 2010, maybe, and just kind of worked my way through there, through grad school, did my internship there. And, um, you know, just really fell in love with, um, the whole aspect of, um, you know, sex and families and marriage, um, how to talk to your kids about sex, um, teach your kids properly Christian, healthy views of sex. Um, I, through my um, degree, which is marriage and family with a specialization in Christian sex therapy, um, I really have kind of stuck with um, women's health. And through that, have done a lot of work with postpartum um, healing and postpartum depression, anxiety, and just the kind of the general challenges that, that come along with, with having a baby yeah. and how it can affect marriages. So, um, I do a lot of work with that. Um, so I work about four days a week. I've got, we've got, um, my husband's a a pastor. We've got two kids, um, 
11 and 7, almost 8. So I'm right in the thick of, you know, <laughs> talking about puberty and bodies and body changes <laughs> yeah. and all that with, with our kids. So yeah. um, it's it's been really um, interesting and funny to talk to talk with them yeah. uh, about, about things like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, going through grad school, it sounds like you do a lot with obviously marriages and kind of the sex related issues, but what drew you to specifically sex therapy? Mm-hmm. And maybe describe what that is. Cause you know, people kind of, especially from a Christian world and life view, cause maybe people have um, different wonky views of what that even sure. means. Yes, there's absolutely the more secular view of sex therapy and, um, you know, the more worldly view on things. But from a Christian perspective, it's more about the way I approach it is more, you know, within marriage to do, you know, what is broken um, and how can we fix it? And that really I do the work that I do is more with like women's physical bodies, like with, with pain and just kind of like walking through the anxiety and maybe even depression that dealing with a physical issue, mm-hmm. sexual issue brings, um, to the sexual relationship in a marriage. So, um, when I was in school, I, everybody had to take a, um, uh, sex, sex, um, health class um and I can't even remember the name of it but anyway it was like the intro you know to sex therapy and um like human development that kind of thing and I just loved it I loved it I love I love science and I didn't when I was like in school and it (laughs) mattered more for grades and stuff but (laughs) I love talking about and learning about how God designed our and created our bodies and you know, how different men and women are, um, but how, you know, they come together to create a life. And so I just really enjoyed the class that I took. And there was just, I don't, it was really the Lord because that, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a very like conservative Christian evangelical home. And it, I mean, if you had told me when I was 16, then I would be you know, a Christian sex therapist, like I would have laughed in your face like, <laughs> and thought you were so weird. Yeah. But it's just, um, you know, to, to shed light on, on so many places of darkness and shame, um, you know, in Christian homes and, and, and I think maybe just in any home of, um, so I just really wanted to do that and just do, you know, keep and teach families, teach parents how to have an open conversation about yeah. about sex so we don't live in that in that shame yeah about our bodies mm-hmm. that's good yeah one of my favorite things and you kind of like seeing God's design in the science and we've mm-hmm. talked on here the last a few weeks ago about human development and stuff like that but mm-hmm. I think and I've said it so many times there but one of the things that I love the most and that similar it's like it's it's drawing me to counseling and drawing me to want to to do you know sex therapy is seeing how God's design and science are always perfectly complementary with one another yes. and you can see the beauty of God's design in it yes. all I mean if it's good science you know there can be weird research that might not be like actually good but if it's good science if it's true mm-hmm. science mm-hmm. 
then I think we'll mm-hmm. always see where it's in line with God's design. Yeah, so. exactly. It's really, it's really beautiful. Yeah, I think so. But I, I can kind of nerd out about it too. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll just tell you, my wife. She, I mean, I don't call it nerding out, but my wife. She, we have conversations all the time of like why she loves counseling. She's like, she also loves, you know, family. Like she's taking marriage and family now. And, uh, she just, she loves it so much. And, and, uh, I think she'd be fascinated on a, a council, a class about, you know, sex therapy and stuff like that. And, yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. it's just, it's wild. It's cool to see her and yourself have the same, like, gosh, I, there's something about it. We just, I love it. You know? And, yeah. uh, it's yeah. just pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. So you were just talking yeah about that beauty in it. And I remember one time I heard you say that you started to grow to see how sex can really be worshipful. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that can, I was thinking about that earlier, like, okay, how am I going to like flesh this out? Because it's one of those things where I'm like, I know what I believe, yeah. but I hope I can articulate it. So, um, yeah, I, you know, within a Christian marriage between, you know, a man and a wife, how, which, you know, I believe is how God designs a marriage to be, how, you know, human beings are created. Um, you know, I think it can be, it is, it is a holy act because that is what it is, what God has given a man and a woman to only do together. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I, I think too of, you know, when people come to me struggling with like sexual desire, low desire, um, you know, I, I talk often about how it's, it, I think it could be and should be considered a spiritual discipline. Mm. You know, we don't, we don't feel like praying. We don't feel like going to church. We don't, you know, feel like listening to worship music, but we do it because we want to grow closer to God and we want to learn more about God and we know that those are good things that he has for us. And we know that he has asked us to do those things to know him more and to glorify him. And so I think of it as, you know, when it's a, you know, Christian marriage, I kind of put sex in that too, because I mean, we're we're human, we're fallen. We don't, sex is is, is not always like extraordinary. It's not always like, wiped out wonderful you know right but it it's a way to know our spouse it's a way to grow closer to them it's something that that we can do only with with that person you know and so that's why I I kind of put it in that same category as a spiritual discipline because it is it is what God has called us to do has asked us to do um but we don't always we just don't feel like it we don't I don't so yeah, I don't. I don't think we have to feel like it. I think that we are are called to do it hmm. as 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 a married couple. Um, and of course, I believe in consent and respect. Absolutely, right. you know. But I think when it when it is in a Christian marriage, you are communicating. Yeah, those things. It's okay to say no, not tonight, or I'd rather not, or let's wait, or one hundred percent yes respect yourselves and respect your spouse but you know knowing like you're not saying no never you're saying no not right now yeah um 
just as you would like, okay, I don't want to go to the 830 service at church, but I'll go to the 11 a.m. service. Like you're still going to go yeah, because you are committed and you're willing. So that's what I mean when I say it's, it can be an act of worship. I think it is holy um, just because it's, it's God ordained. Um, it's God has given it to us for, you know, enjoyment, for closeness with the other person. Mm-hmm. Um and certainly to, to recreate, you know, and, and recreation, you know, those, those words go together and, you know, I could talk about, you know, Adam and Eve and how like he gave us the garden to, or gave Adam and Eve the garden to, to flourish and, and nurture and grow and, and to recreate in the garden. And so that's, so I think it just, you know, the theology of it is just really, really beautiful. Yeah. You know? how um you know you probably heard me say too like I kind of feel worshipful when I think about science and like anatomy and how God has created um the design has designed our bodies um so that the so that's um that that's what I mean when I say that yeah yeah I love that and this is probably me two things I thought of when you were talking that this is probably where we could nerd out about it together a little Mm -hmm. bit yeah but one is like the safety of a covenant where like there's no other relationship except for with your spouse and with Jesus where you're like really in a covenant to where you can be fully exposed and still be like and and be fully known like all of the flaws all there is to know and be loved and accepted and I think that Mm -hmm. sex is one of the places where that is seen the most and it's like, that's why, yes. you know, sex outside of marriage is so dangerous because that safety isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Right. So that's one yeah. thing I was thinking about. And the other mm-hmm. thing, this is like on the note of science, but I, I don't know where I learned this, but I started, I learned somewhere about oxytocin and mm-hmm. how like that's the hormone and maybe you can correct me if I say any of this that's wrong because this is my Mm -hmm. kind of limited knowledge of it, I guess. But I learned somewhere, I think I was like, was reading about it for a talk I was giving a long time ago, but you know, it's the hormone that connects you and bonds you, but then it's Mm -hmm. stimulated the most in a woman's body when Mm -hmm. like nipples are stimulated or the uterus contracts, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, either during childbirth or nursing or during sex. And Mm -hmm. so it just is so sweet to see God's design that he would literally make you to be connected to Mm -hmm. your husband or, you know, your spouse, Mm -hmm. um, or your children who are the people that you need to be Mm -hmm. connected to the most. So yeah, did I say that right? (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's that bond, that bonding hormone that, you know, it feels good. So you want more of it, you know? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's been equated to like heroin because it's, you want more of it. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And I I know for sure, like when, you know, a woman is, is nursing that that is the, um, it's called the nursing hormone. Um, and then it is released during sex too. So, or even it's, or even if you like, you know, hug a baby or, you know, hug, a puppy. I mean, that, that is what is released. That's why, you know, people are like, I need a hug. Well, yeah. that, that's what it is. You too. That so, connecting hormone. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know. I, I love it too. It's, it's so amazing. I find that fascinating. Okay. But also I just think too, of like just when you enjoy sex, like there's this sense where it's like, God, this is really good. You know, mm-hmm. thank you, God. Like this is, and this is like, it's not dirty, but it's, it's, no, like, it's yeah. a good gift that is, is right with your spouse. Yeah. And, uh, I think to me, that's the, the worshipful side that, that I tend to be like, you know, like there is a context where this is dirty outside of marriage, mm-hmm. but inside of it, where there is this covenant and there is this bonding and it's good to bond with you and become one. And, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think it's a God, what an incredible gift. Like how, mm-hmm. how refreshing and, and, and connecting and bonding and all these things that I think is, uh, it's very powerful mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, I think very worshipful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So kind of changing gears here a little bit when you think, um, and this can be both from, a, cause I, again, I think that some of the science overlaps. So this can be mm-hmm. from both a clinical and a Christian perspective, but what do you think that you've seen um, in a lot of your clients and just that you know of God's word, what makes a healthy sex life? Um, gosh, a lot. Um, I think between, you know, a man and a woman and, a, you know, a covenant of marriage, um, I think communication, um, you know, whether, you know, somebody does want to have sex, somebody doesn't want to just communicating, yeah. about it all. Yeah. Um, you know, sharing, you know, past hurts or, you know, past shames. Um, you know, why again, like obviously it falls under communicating, but like why do you not prefer something? Um what but what bothers you? Um I think, you know, being willing to have sex, being committed to a sex life, mm-hmm. um, just showing up and, um, yeah, gosh, I, I like, it's like one of those things, like I know, but I'm like, I'm going to articulate this, but, yeah. um, communication is a big thing. And I, I don't think it, it, a lot of people ask me like, how often should they be having sex? And I don't think that I think regularity is important, but I'm not, I don't normally tell somebody it needs to be this many times a week or this many times a month because everybody's desire level is different. Everybody's you know, expectations are going to be different. I, I do talk a lot about expectations with people. Um, do you go into the marriage thinking we're going to, you know, if you get married when you're 22, you kind of, you, they may, you know, somebody may expect to have sex you know, once or twice a day and that, you know, and they're so excited about that, but the other person's just like, uh, no, that's definitely not my expectation. So so I think expectation about frequency, expectation about foreplay, um, you know, talking about being open about birth control, how is birth control affecting, um, the woman's body? Mm. Um, you know, talking about, um, self-image you know if you eat like a big spaghetti dinner you may not want to have sex that night you know what I mean and so it's just like being open about that um so what are some um, that you just we're talking mm -hmm. about birth control and how that affects the body 
tell like what do you tell us a little bit more about that because mm-hmm. I've definitely well, seen that affect like some of my friends and stuff but I mm-hmm. you know I didn't know if that was a super common thing that you see mm-hmm. yeah I see that a lot where because you know birth control I mean it's control so it's gonna naturally kind of um I wish listeners could see my hands like pushing <laughs> down because <laughs> it's like you know it just kind of like pushes down desire um to keep everything under control so um yeah it does it it will change desire it can affect um vaginal dryness um natural lubrication um yeah it it, it's just it's hormonal so it's kind of like one of the ways birth control works is to control your desire to not make you want to I mean, like that might Pretty be extreme, much. but not make you want to have sex. So then your body can't get pregnant, which makes sense. Yeah. Cause if you're not ovulating, then you're not having that peak that of peak. where your body's saying, get me pregnant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, and a lot, a lot of people, men and women, especially venture to say more women, but that's just who I see more in my practice are on, um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications. And those also really affect libido. So if you're on birth control and, um, an SSRI, then your desires can be pretty low. Hmm. Um, so I, I talk about that a lot in the practice, in my practice too. And then, you know, but then that's where, you know, if your body and your mind need those medications, you know, that's when I talk a lot about like being willing and being committed, even if you don't yeah. feel like it. That's good. Yeah. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and like I think that there's mm-hmm. a lot of implications that come out of that that we don't have time to, to go into. But that's it's fascinating that, like, uh, I was just saying like birth control is not this. Hey, I take this so that I get what I want, but like it actually kind of dictates you and your drive. Mm-hmm. And so it's not it's not like you're controlling. Yo, you're just births. Yeah, you're not in the driver's seat, but you're actually the you you feel the repercussions from your choice of birth control, right. and uh, that's pretty pretty wild to think about. It's it's those little those little baby pills are real powerful. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so, what what makes an unhealthy um, sex life? Like, what are some mm-hmm. like you said? You talk about communication is one of the things that's it's going to distinguish between healthy and unhealthy. Um, mm-hmm. But let me ask you this, like clinically, and we might be going off the map a little bit, but a sex outside of marriage clinically, is that healthy? From like a non-Christian well, worldview? Yeah. That, well, clinically, no, that's, it's not unhealthy. You it's know, a lot unhealthy. of secular, it, yeah, a lot of secular therapists or psychologists will I, I mean, I've heard I've heard them say like, "You go have sex because of the oxytocin. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel maybe powerful, or it's empowering, or um, gives you a boost of self esteem, or whatever." So, in a secular world, it's sex is healthy. Do you think you that know? you were equating it to kind of like heroin and stuff like that earlier? Do you think that? Mm-hmm. Um, like the long-term effects of sex outside of marriage, if we're not looking at God's design, if we're looking at it, science and just emotions, do you think that it normally like just leaves people feeling better or worse on the, the long-term? Yeah. I mean, my opinion 
is that yeah it, it makes it would make people feel worse right you know so it's like that's why they're constantly seeking yeah sex because it it's that quick fix that quick feel good to you know kind of suppress the shame yeah and it does for a time but then you're the shame rises again you're going to seek it more and i i mean i think for a non-christian for somebody who you know is and I, and I'm describing promiscuity, you know, yeah. I'm just, I'm describing yeah. carelessness, you know, and I'm not saying that every non-believer is going to, you know, have be having sex with somebody different every weekend. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, for, for somebody that doesn't have the same beliefs that, that we have, it's, it's not going to be a big problem, but I, I do believe that, that there's still going to be emotional effects for sure yeah mm-hmm. and well I was just thinking in light of that I guess staying off the map a little bit I know it's it seems like pornography is kind of debated now even in the secular world where a lot mm-hmm. of people are saying that porn is not good ever and then some people are saying that you know it can be healthy in its place and mm-hmm. what it like what does the science say about that I honestly don't know because if anything is supporting pornography that I, that's not a resource that I'm looking at. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it is fascinating. Like, you know, Planned Parenthood would, you know, they've got these kind of like, I don't know if they're not a sister websites, but it it is a sister website. There's other websites that are affiliated with Planned Parenthood. Have you seen, have you seen amaze.org? Mm-mm. It's pretty no. much like the opposite of what you do with the birds and the bees. That's like right. If okay. I mean you just want to see broken sex education, it's yeah pretty screwed up. That's right. That's right. And so it's okay. like the the video we're thinking of is like cartoons saying, "Hey, sex is okay. You know, masturbation is okay at a, at a young age, and pornography is okay." But things you should know first is that women don't really like you know physical sex or physically hurt, or women don't like. Women, you know, it just goes on to, but it's like it's okay to look at pornography, but as long as you know what's real, and as what's long not as you real. know, yeah, what's what's right, you know, okay. real, yeah, reality, not reality, but yeah, it's like jeepers, how can you know anybody's brain keep from being warped and twisted into a false reality when people are yeah. uh, having sex with one another in many different ways, and, and I don't know, it's just a, it's like whoa. Or even the curiosity where it's like, oh, I didn't know that that was happening somewhere. And like, if you're seeing that in school, Tennessee's not doing it, obviously. But like, if mm-hmm. you're seeing that in school, then I feel like that would just make your curiosity. But that's a whole nother side. That's like, right, we, right. we could rant on that for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know. But I was thinking too, like, some of the things that, as far as unhealthy sex life, and, and I was kind of thinking, I was like, is the, uh, is the connection that occurs during sex? And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's being promiscuous, having sex outside of marriage, how they're attaching themselves to an individual. And then when mm-hmm. that is, when that relationship is ended, I imagine that there is some heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're saying, it's difficult to like reattach yourself. That occurs. Yeah. And then you have to reattach yourself and then you find yourself married. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine that people will be coming to you with like, hey, a lack of intimacy or lack of mm-hmm. desire for my wife or, or connecting to my wife or not trusting my spouse or uh, mm-hmm. 
due to kind of being beat up by having sex yeah. outside of marriage. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the unhealthy is the, you know, continued shame, um, from, you know, days before, you know, marriage. And I, I mean, I've seen plenty of couples, plenty of women that, you know, had sex outside of marriage with their husband that they ended up marrying, but it, they still have that sense of shame about yeah. messing up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, um, it's just, you know, and not Christian or, or not, we're all humans are created in the image of God, Yeah, you know, and it's, we all have that, that desire to seek something. Well, I mean, it's the Lord. We all have that desire to seek the Lord and, you know, some people just seek it elsewhere, you know, in other people's bodies, yeah. <laughs> you know, or that, that brief moment of feeling powerful and good. You know, I, I've heard it said before, and even specifically about sexual sin, where it's someone was like, chase your desires. Just make sure you chase them to the correct root. Because if you chase your mm -hmm. desires to the correct root, you're going to find yourself at the feet of Jesus and intimate with him every time. You're not going to find yourself mm -hmm. objectifying men or women, or mm -hmm. or you're not going to be looking for satisfaction in substance or sex. You're going to find yourself mm -hmm. intimate with the Lord. And so, yes, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, maybe we, we move on with that. Okay. Yeah. Once you get our next question. <laughs> well, did you have anything else to say about unhealthy sex lives? I feel like we asked you the question and then we started yeah, talking, right. but is there anything yeah. that you see that, you know, makes an unhealthy sex life in, you know, in the marriages that you're, you're mm -hmm. walking with people in? Yeah. I mean, I think certainly the, the lack of communication, um, you know, off balance expectations, not understanding different desire levels, um, which can create feelings of, you know, be feeling unwanted or, hmm. you know, misunderstood. Um, and, you know, honestly, like, I mean, so probably nine times out of 10, when people come to me for sex therapy, it's, it's not about that. Um, it's just kind of, it's the symptom of a bigger problem. Yeah. Um, a bigger emotional problem or relation relational problem. So, um, you know, that, that's why, you know, people come to me for it, unless it's specific, like, you know, pain and they're, you know, their gynecologist has recommended them to seek out sex therapy. That's sometimes different, but even then I'm like, I don't talk about sex for a while because I want to know all about their relationship, their, how safe they feel about any past trauma, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of layers yeah. to unhealthy, you know, That's but good. I think it's, it can be resolved much quicker when it, there's really good listening to one another and sharing of the expectations. That's good. What is it that people mm -hmm. say sex is the like thermostat or something of a relationship? Do people say that? Yeah, well, we had marriage counseling. Or the guys that okay. did marriage counseling with us were like, hey, sex is like the, um, it displays the health of your marriage. Like, if mm -hmm. your marriage is bad, your sex should be bad. If, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of deal of like, if your sex is good and your marriage is bad, that's a problem. Because, like, you're yeah. more of like a, an entertainment thing than a connecting thing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that uh, makes yeah. sense for sure. So. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but well, okay, yeah. So when you were just talking about people and and the shame that they deal with and stuff like that, but how have you seen people's views of sex and um, just the the brokenness in their lives be redeemed? Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know allowing themselves to to go slow and have a lot of grace mm-hmm. for themselves or for their spouse, um, you know, or you know, just finding a way to like to show up and be willing, you know, where, and so many times it's about like frequency, like, you know, typically, typically it's, you know, the male, the husband wants to have sex like five nights a week. The, you know, the wife has like three, you know, has like three small children and is exhausted. Well, there's going to be a discrepancy there, you know? So just like, you know, coming to understand one another's, um, different differences in their lives and how that plays out in, in their sex life. Um, that, that's always nice to see. Um, you know, and it's nice to see if there is, you know, a, any, any situation related to women's pain, um, you know, getting to the bottom of, of that, the emotional, um, aspect of, of the pain. Yeah. So I, I do it. That's hard work. It's, it, it is emotional, um, for all of us involved in, um, but that, that's really, that's really, um, you know, makes everybody happy when there's some success on that front. That's good. And mm-hmm. here, here's kind of our last question for you for, for today, but, um, but, or never mind. He wants to well, ask. I was me. just going to, I want to ask a question on that last part was, yeah, just the redemption. Um, and so, when you're talking about pain, like I want to, I don't know if I understand this as a guy, but, mm-hmm. um, is it, is it because of like past trauma that would keep a woman from being aroused enough to, um, I guess the word mm-hmm. would be, be penetrated. I guess, is that, is that where the pain would come from? And then seeing the redemption of her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it a lot of words right there. Be... You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it certainly can be related to past trauma or past hurts. Um, a lot of times it's some, it's something related to like endometriosis or again, birth control. Um, or, you know, there's, there's other diagnoses, vulvodynia, um, you know, there, there's some pain disorders, um, that we can work through. Um, a lot of times with the postpartum, um, clients that I'll see it's you know just be just walking with them to be patient with themselves and not expect to be able to have sex like at right at six weeks after they've had a baby so um a lot of times for me it's just like normalizing and validating their pain but also having some you know very minimal medical knowledge of gynecology world to be able to say like yes I'm this I've I've heard this before. This is not uncommon. It's just not talked about, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that, that's what I mean. So it is like actual, like pain, like burning pain in your, you know, pelvic area. So, um, and you know, it's, 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 so it's emotional. So, you know, I'll start with the emotion aspect of it usually, and then go into like the more physical 
part of talking about it. Yeah. That's yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Do you have any other no, thoughts? That's on that? it. That's it. That's just new clarification. Yeah. So here's our last that's question good. for yeah. you. Um, this is kind of like, I guess just, I mean, I, I imagine you've seen a lot of brokenness on a lot of different levels, um, specifically sexual related. And so I guess my question is, what hope is there or, or what would you say, like, this is the gospel for people who are struggling with their physical intimacy within marriage or are struggling, you know, with pornography or, or sexual addictions or, you know, maybe a marriage that is kind of trying to heal from unfaithfulness what what would you say is their hope or what would you like them to know about the gospel um just mm-hmm. kind of to end on yeah um that i mean there's as a christian and as a therapist I'm, i get to say that there's always hope That's good. you know there's always there's always going to be redemption and it just may not be what we think it's going to be we may it may it probably won't end in perfection or, you know, the holy chorus about anything, but there's going to be, there's going to be redemption and there's, there's always hope. Um, and you know, if you don't enjoy, if, if you have a, you know, if your sex life isn't meeting what you expected when you were 16 years old, then, this isn't the end you know what I mean like this is not where it all ends like we have all we have so much more to look forward to and to hope for as believers and um it you know it's it's important and absolutely and God's given this to us but it's not and I'll be all um but I just there's so there's always hope but we just may need to kind of adjust what you want the outcome to be and that's okay too yeah you know you saying that reminds me of just we have actually written in our kitchen the best is yet to come and Uh it's like you know really marriage and sex is meant to to point us to an eternity spent with Jesus and you know when we will have the the greater bridegroom who has come to redeem us and Jesus really does he can wipe away our sins and make us new and we, you know, when we are in Christ and we have a relationship with him, we can look forward to the best that is yet right. to come. Where the intimacy yeah. that we long for. I was going to say, I think it's like even more yeah. intimacy, you know, yeah. more pleasure. Seeing Jesus face to face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, absolutely. Pretty wild thing about Definitely. it. Definitely. All right. Well, in yeah. wrapping up today, Emily, do you have anything that you would like to leave us with? Um, I think one, you know, one word that has always been important to me. I learned, you know, when I was in grad school and just since I've been working is um, the word oneness. Oneness. Um, is, you know, striving, not even striving, but, you know, hoping and praying for oneness mm. in your marriage. And sometimes that's physical and sometimes that's not, yeah. you know, and the, you know, the emotional oneness that we share in relationship is, is number one and the physical oneness, you know, even as a sex therapist, I can say it's number two. Um, because if you don't have that initial oneness together, um, you're missing a huge piece. That's good. So awesome. Yeah. That's right. good word. Well, uh, yeah. And so next week, uh, not next week, we'll edit that part, but 
Well, Emily, thank you so much for being with us today. And we will catch you next time on Reclaiming Families. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.